Welcome to Meet the Maliks. I'm Matt. And I'm Ellie. We're so happy to have you guys with us today. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. I was joking with Ellie earlier that I was going to talk in the southern accent the whole time. Your southern accent's kind of good. Kind of good. It's not really that good. Sort of good. A little bit. You know, we live near Kentucky. Yes. Where we get some southerners. Yeah. But I ain't southern at all. I think our family from the north might think we're real southern. (laughs) I don't know. I pride myself in having no accent, being from Omaha, Nebraska. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) I think I don't have an accent, but I think people say I do. You do. Hey. You have that Evansville southern accent. Oh, my goodness. Evansville's close enough to the south that a lot of people have accents in Evansville. Especially when they get all, I don't know, weird. (laughs) Not sure what that means, but okay. Okay. What's going on with you? Oh, not much. We are, well, we're doing, you know, still, I guess I'm old. (laughs) You are old. I'm still recovering from retreat two weeks ago. What is wrong with me? Yeah. And then we had the time change. Yeah, the time change gets me. I don't know why they get to me. They used to never get to me. I know. Our neighbor, bless his heart, travels all over the, the world, India and everywhere. Comes back, he's like, just, oh, it's fine, no big I'm deal. All good. I'm all good. And we have one hour time I have difference. one hour We're change, like, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm so tired, I'm about what? to die. I can't, it's dark when I wake up. Man, I, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, I've been sick, so I have a good reason to be tired. That's true, you were I sick. I got um, fifth disease, we think. We're not sure because we didn't go to the it's, doctor. Yeah, it's a childhood illness where you get a rash, and in adult women, you get joint pain and swelling in your joint. Like my fingers, I couldn't even bend them; they hurt yeah. so bad. Yeah, it was, it was kind of. It was, I was really rough. I was concerned for you. Honey. It was rough. I was really concerned. Yeah, for you. I was walking on my feet, and my feet would hurt so bad, and my knees, and I was like, "Am I? What's happening?" Yeah. I guess I'm almost forty, but no, it was it was definitely unusual but I, three days into it i woke up and thought okay things are getting better well you know i think also okay. part of it was we had a prayer meeting on sunday mm-hmm. when it was really, that was probably the worst day for yeah, you i had a rough day and you know i went to prayer meeting and i came home feeling like god showed me something for you and i prayed over you and the next morning you felt yeah not a hundred percent better but a lot better. better and every day it's been getting better since then. yeah i feel like the sun's coming out again for yeah. a while there i was like is this how it's gonna be because it mm-hmm. says the pain can last weeks yeah weeks so i was worried about yeah. i was worried about that i wasn't sure i was gonna type at work you know because I, I couldn't even hardly open a jar or anything and then you really went weird. to and you went and exercise today i did and i it really was hard it was and i'm hard, gonna but be you sore survived. yeah i'm just trying to get back into so if the you had done that a couple of days ago no i couldn't have, you wouldn't have even made it through the first no, I could, five minutes i couldn't bend my wrist enough to do any kind of exercise like mm-hmm. on the floor or anything but yeah anyways I'm glad to be out of the woods. But I believe that God's healing you and that he has healed you and that you're just sort of walking, your healing is, you know, sort of causing your sickness to regress and get away and faster than what it would normally have done. Because you were pretty, I mean, I remember seeing your fingers and they looked really, they looked like hot dogs. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Hey, I'm just keeping it real here. Just keeping it real. I know. I couldn't get my ring on. It was like yeah. my joints. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about God answering our prayers, God turning bad things into good. 
You know, and I, I tried to segue into that subject by talking about how we prayed for you for your sickness. Oh, and thank so you. That's wonderful. I was trying to get that and be a transition in to the All subject. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, hon. Yes. Um, what do you think about God making a bad situation and turning it into good? I think that that is how he works sometimes or a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, there's been times in our life that, um, you know, where, where we think, you know, we're praying for something, we're asking God for something, and we have a certain way that we want to see that, that, that prayer answered in our mind. But God's got a different direction for us that he wants to... Uh, and and so he wants to bring apart bring about an answer to prayer in a way that we don't expect, you know. And, and sometimes he can take our tragedies and make them into um, he can take our mourning and turning them in, into dancing, you know. Like as the psalm says, um, in in our lives, there's a few there's a few occasions where we've seen this happen. Um, I know that for one of them, we. Uh, you know, I got in a car accident. It looked like a really bad situation for us. That year, I had felt like the Lord had sh- had shared with us that it was going to be a year of blessing. Yeah. But then um, in the spring, I got rear-ended by a guy who had his license had been revoked. And mm-hmm. I, I um, his the owner of the car had insurance, but he was not even supposed to be driving. Yeah. And he took off. It was a hit and run. He he hit me and then took off in his banged up car and the police actually uh, ran him down and found him within minutes. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I was still actually on the side of the road when they came back and said they got him. Yeah. So that was awesome. Um, but being rear-ended was not fun and it was very scary and I was thinking, God, this is supposed to be our year of blessing. And then I got rear-ended like what? Weeks two months later. La- like a it, month later. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was not very long. And the you blessing there though was rear-ended. the fact that I was on my way to pick up the boys from their daycare and uh, or maybe it was just Braden from his daycare and I had forgotten to get milk so I turned around to go get milk and the boys weren't in the car with me when I got hit and yet it messed me up. You know, it hurt my back it, but then you know, one of the blessings that came from that was that God was able to heal me and I was able to experience healing from him. Like mm-hmm. as I was servicing, he literally healed my back without anybody praying for me. That's awesome. What God service for, were you at again? It was at a service with the speaker, Joe Odin, and he was at a, a church up in Princeton, Indiana. Was that a, a district event or what? I don't know. I think that church just I had I thought it in. was at youth camp. No, it wasn't a youth okay. camp. No, it was, at, it was at an event, that event. And God healed me without anybody praying for me or laying hands on me or anything. I just asked God for healing, and then my back was healed. But then, you know, other things came from that. And it just, you know, we ended up getting rid of that car, getting a better car. And, and, and so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's difficult to be in car accidents, but I feel like God turned it around for good when, um, you know, you get the settlement money, and yeah. that helps so yeah. much. Um, later that same year our year of blessing. Um, Which didn't feel like a year of blessing we, at times. But yeah. Anyway. But God, I feel like God really used those things. Yeah. Um, we had a, a flooding in our basement. And what happened was the washer uh, for the laundry uh, overflowed. 
and it overflowed for hours. Yes. To the point where the water was over your ankles. Yeah, we didn't know it was overflowing. No, we didn't know. And when we figured it out, of course, we called in help to get things cleaned up. So I'm standing there yeah, in water above my ankles, wringing out my dirty laundry, including my dirty underwear, <laughs> with a guy who's probably like 19 or 20 or something standing yeah. there. And I think he might have been wringing out my underwear as well. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself. Poor guy. Yes. And I, I remember saying, you don't need to do that. I can take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it's okay, ma'am. I do it all the time or something like yeah. that. It's like Sunday night at 10 o'clock at night. I don't even know what time it yeah. was. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is going on? You know? Yeah. How? How? What's happening? And I know in the scheme of life, those things are not, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And um, they're not tragedies by any means. I know Mm -hmm. people have gone through much worse. But at that moment, I was just thinking, God, what is going on? And um, later I realized, you know, actually that was an answer to prayer in a a way. He he turned a bad thing into good by um, I that basement was half an half unfinished and I wanted to clean it up, but I just never had the time to do it. Well, Mm -hmm. when your basement flooded, you find time to yeah, get rid of stuff, get rid of stuff, clean stuff, you know, disinfect things. And, um, not too much longer after that happened and it got cleaned up, it felt like a brand new space in the house. And I remembered at that moment, insurance paid us for all that insurance, um, was very good to us and they covered all the issues and, um, they even took the deduct or the not, yeah, the deductible off the top of the settlement. So, um, we actually didn't have any, that I can remember out of pocket costs. So God really blessed us, uh, in that situation. And, um, I remember and thinking, actually helped us get our basement ready. For yeah, when we were ready, end up and the we house. didn't know that we were going to be trying to sell the house um, within a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. It wasn't too. It wasn't months, but it was uh, not very far after, and it helped us to actually have a space that we could enjoy. Yeah, and I remember once that happened, and I got it organized and cleaned up, and I and you know, I felt like the Lord reminded me. I did pray, God, please help me clean up this basement, please. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I know that sounds silly, you know, in the scheme of all the things happening yeah. in the world. But to me at that time, it was something that I did pray. And I think you can pray for those mm-hmm. little silly things. No, we shouldn't pray for God to flood our basement. Using no, washer, no, I mean, machine, for but, those yeah. things that matter to yeah. you and you think, you know, no, he doesn't care or nobody cares, but yeah. he does. And I feel he like cares he, about the little things. yeah, and I feel like he, um, didn't cause our mm-hmm. basement to overflow, but he used, used it, it yeah. um, to end up blessing us. And it really, yeah. I don't know how, you know, we would have ever gotten it um, done, you know. <laughs> and we ended up getting a new washer out of it because that was under warranty. Mm-hmm. And then I think even a new dryer because they say that our old dryer got damaged at the water or something. I don't remember that. But we part, got, but, but you know that stuff got taken care of. Yeah, it, that it was such a, a blessing, and yeah. it it ended up turning for good. And I know that people listening might be going through much, much, much yeah. worse. You know, divorces or um, maybe grief from a lost mm-hmm. loved one or something. And I'm not saying that God orchestrated your life events, and yeah. I'm not saying 
that it's not painful and difficult mm-hmm. um, and things are going to turn around tomorrow. But I am saying that if you give it to God and you focus on him, he can make your path straight. He can yeah. guide things. And I feel like if, as long as we're submitted to him, he can work out the difficulties. He yeah. can work out the the things that look so overwhelmingly impossible. Yeah. And he can he can um he can say, you know, he, it can be where you're later you're like I see how God worked in that situation. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it at the time yeah. when I was going through it, but I now, I now see how things um God was working them for the good and I feel like um, he he will do that for you if yeah. you wait on him. I'm thinking about Romans 8:28, where it says, "And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who mm-hmm. have been called according to His purpose." Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Um, in our in my life, uh, you know, when we talked about talking about this today, and I was looking back just on my life where God answered prayers in ways that I wasn't expecting him to answer prayers. You know, the situation you talked about came up in my mind, but I knew you were going to talk about that. One for me, and I'm going to get a little sappy here, was that when uh, I was 19 years old, twenty year, about to turn 20 years old, I was determined to find a wife when I went away to college. And every girl I met, I was like, is she the one? Is she the one? Is she the one? And then... um I came home for that summer, for one of the summers, and I I remember I remember very vividly in my room saying, God, I know that I want to be married, but I want to be committed to you first. And I committed everything. I said I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look at any girls anymore. I'm not gonna look for that. And later that summer, I met you, and I didn't even know when I met you that I didn't think, hey, maybe she'll be my wife. You know, I didn't think that when I first met you at at church. Remember when I first met you? I was yeah. dropping my youngest brother off at church for some youth event, and mm-hmm. you were there. I was like, "Hey, you said cool hair because I had actually I had frost the first tips. time we met, we were walking up the stairs to go to a prayer meeting at Trinity." Okay, mm-hmm. but you said something about my hair. I believe the second time, yeah, second it was time. your hair. You, your sister had just frosted I the frosted tips my, of took, your yeah. hair. Boy, this is in the ninety. Er, <laughs> that was yeah, the late ni- early thousands. Yeah, ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. It was at the turn of the century, <laughs> and, and we, man, I was a dork. Anyway, um, oh my God, uh, Brayden, eight years old, says to me, "Mom, what was it like in the 1900s?" <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he said it, I was thinking, "Oh man, I feel really old right now." Yeah, I'm like, "Well, when I was your age, son, I didn't have a computer or, or, or a phone or, or a tablet." A- we or, had things called portable phones. They had antennas. <laughs> and and, and we didn't have satellite TV. If you had a satellite TV, you could have gone swimming in the dish in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways, back to your frosted tips. Anyway, so it was that time it was in that season that God was showing me to turn to him and just yeah. desire him only. And but at the same time he knew that I was about to meet you. You know, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting you. There was, there was, you know, I had, I had a crush on a girl back at school. Then Mm -hmm. I thought maybe she was, and I, I had, I literally let her go. And then I met you and the rest is history. I mean, a year later we ended up getting married just about. And, but God brought me you in a way I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to find my wife 
back home because I knew I was going back to school. I wanted somebody from school, and, and I just happened to meet you because you're interning at our church that summer. Yeah, I think it's important when we're waiting on God for something that we try to lay it down yeah. at his feet. And let him bring it about the way he wants to bring yeah. it about. And, and let it go and just focus on him. God, what's the next thing? Yeah. What's the next step that you've told me to do while yeah. I'm waiting right and now? That's something God's really challenging me even still. Because there's times where I want to look ahead at five, like next five mm-hmm. steps. God, what is down the road for right. me? And I feel like God keeps showing me. And I've heard it three times this last weekend from three different people, you know, not speaking to me, just speaking in mm-hmm. general, you know, let God direct your steps. Let God direct your steps. And God keeps reminding me, what is the next step for you? What is mm-hmm. the next what's, thing I need you to do? What's the last thing he told you to do, you know, and just do the next yeah. thing. Wherever he's put you right now, do the next thing. Yeah. And and that's all you can do while you wait for him. And I, I do feel like God works on you in the waiting. Mm-hmm. I feel like the he, like I said, he doesn't necessarily orchestrate yeah. all the, you know, he doesn't orchestrate the evil things that happen in this world, but he can use times of waiting. And sometimes he does he orchestrate or- and he doesn't times orchestrate of waiting. Any, but he doesn't orchestrate any evil things. He Yeah. He's, he, he, he like, one thing I love about our God and just following Jesus is that he likes to take what the devil tries to to use for harm and he likes to turn it on, on Satan and use it for good. Right. Um, even, even if it's something that's extremely devastating and feels like we'll never get past, you know, I think of Job in this situation where, you know, the guy went through the worst of the worst, something that nobody that that there's no way I could survive what Job went through. Mm-hmm. I think I would have. I don't know what it would. I don't know what I would do. But I do not have. I'm not as holy as or as godly as Job. I don't know right. if I could do what he did. But you know, God after going through all that stuff, losing all his kids, all his basically all his money when he lost all his livestock, everything, God ended up, I believe, either doubling or tripling it after everything was all said and done. Mm-hmm. And and God used it for good. He used it, and and He allowed Satan to bring hardship to him. But then He turned around and He used it for good, and it it really backfired in Satan's face. Another um, situation was when Joseph, you know, with his brothers, and yeah. they were trying to sell him into slavery, or or they originally were going to mm-hmm. kill him and then sell him into slavery. I mean, obviously, the enemy was working. Yeah. And God said, okay, you're going to do that. I'm going to do imagine this. imagine the mind games in Joseph's yeah. life. Yeah. And, but God, God was working the yeah. entire time. Joseph didn't know it or mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, couldn't tangibly see it maybe. But God was working. And even in, uh, it says in Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, You intended to harm me. Joseph's speaking right now. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So God turned it around, what the enemy was doing, and ended up using it to save people. Yeah. Another person I think of, and, and I actually was just writing something down about him this this today before I came home to do this podcast, is David. You know, as I was just thinking about David's life, here's a man who was anointed king. He was he was chosen by his brothers to be the next king. He he had been anointed at the time, and and then he goes and he finds himself in the court of the king. And probably, 
this is just me imagining, but he's probably thinking, yes, I'm going to be trained by this king, and he's going to he's gonna get me ready to become king after him, and I'm going to serve him, and it's going to be awesome. And then next thing he knows, he's running for his life. Mm-hmm. He's living in caves. He's, he's, he's being chased across the country by Saul. And the whole time, you know, and and Psalm thirteen, I was I was reading that, and and he felt forgotten by God, but God, you know, he hadn't forgotten him, and he ended up using David to be the greatest king in Israel's history, and actually Jesus, you know, and then as a forefather of Jesus, you know, and mm-hmm. so I, uh, it's just all these. There's a bunch of stories where where, where the enemy meant something hard, meant something bad. And God turned around and used it for good. Yeah. That just advanced his kingdom. Yeah. And he wants to do that today in our lives as yeah. well. And if you're listening today and you're going through hardships. Or you feel forgotten. Or you feel forgotten by God. He's is working. Yeah. Keep pressing in. Keep focusing on him. Keep worshiping him. Yeah. He needs to it's in have those, you stay yeah. connected. You it's can't in those just. Down times. Yeah, go ahead. You can't just. um fall off the face of the earth as far as relationship with him and expect for him to work a miracle. You have to keep pressing in and keep focusing on him. Yeah. This is a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if, if you ignored your husband for months, don't expect a Valentine's day present. (laughs) I mean, it's a relationship. Yeah. So we got to stay connected. And you know, it's in those down times that, that we do get closer to God. Mm-hmm. when we feel the furthest from him that we need to press in closest to him because actually he's right there, you know, but he he wants to allow us to get stretched. He He's not causing the stretching, but he wants to allow us to get stretched so we can get stronger in him. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing we can do is to back away from him. It'll That's more detrimental than, than going through the storm is trying to avoid the storm. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah, something God told uh, was telling me. Um, I I've been struggling so much with like, insecurity, and it's yeah. it's just frustrating to me because I want to overcome it. Um, you know, as a counselor, as a wife, as a mm-hmm. pastor's wife, I want to overcome it so badly, but I don't know exactly um, what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh I want to analyze it. I want to beat it to death. I yeah. want to talk it to death. But God I was praying and I felt like God just said, You need to just give it to me and live in mystery. Yeah. Um I was uh listening to a sermon out of I think it was Bethel. I'm not sure I can try to look, but and I think it was Chris Vallet Hope I'm saying that right. Sorry Probably if not. I messed Python. up his name. Um, if you're listening, you can you can message Ellie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think he said, you know, ne- we need to live in mystery with God sometimes, and that really spoke to me because I feel like he was just saying, "Let me have it. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of it. It's too much for you right now, and it's got to happen in my way and in my timing, mm-hmm. not in your timing, in my timing." And so I'm just letting go and trying to let God do it. He's so much more it. elegant to you than he does to me. <laughs> what do you mean? He says, for me, he's th- those words that you just shared, he goes, don't worry, Matt, I got this. <laughs> That's all he says, I got this. I'm like, gee, thanks, God. I know you got this, but I want to know what you got to do next. You don't need to know what I'm going to do next. I got this. You yeah. just need to do this. Yeah. 
Right now, you need to focus on the next podcast. Right now, you need to focus on your next sermon. Right now, you mm-hmm. need to focus on your next blog. Yeah. Let me take care of the next steps yeah. down the road. You just do the next thing. And be obedient to me, and I'll take care of everything else. Mm-hmm. It's good. So. All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys listening so much. I hope that um, something that we've said today has been a blessing to yeah. you. Um, if you have any comments or concerns, we would love to hear them at mm-hmm. eaglesviewchurch.com slash contact us. And um, you can check on my blog. It, there'll be a link on, on our website as well. Okay. And um, please uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. That way you'll get a notification when we post one. Mm-hmm. We're trying to post every Friday. And I just appreciate y'all so much. And Matt, would you close us out in prayer, please? I sure will. Lord, I just thank you for this time together. Or what we, we learned about how you, you know, about when you answer prayers in ways that we don't expect them to be answered, Lord. We, we don't see, we don't understand how you're going, th- going to answer a certain prayer or a certain situation, Lord God. How you can use anything that seems seemingly horrible at the time for your good, Lord. But Father, I pray that you'll help us to trust you in the hard times, trust you in the tough times, trust you in, the, in our trials, Father. And I pray for those right now who are listening to this, who are going through those trials, who feel like they feel forgotten, they feel looked over, they, they feel um, in the dark, Lord. I pray, Lord God, you help them to press into you, Father, and to draw closer to you in this season. And then when they get out, they will see where you brought them, how far you've brought them from where they were. Lord, I pray for blessings financially, spiritually, and any other blessing that you can give on people that are listening to this right now. I, I, I release those blessings on them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, please uh, follow us along. iTunes, subscribe. EaglesViewChurch.com slash Malix. Thank right. y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.